I thought one armed bandit was a euphemism for a penis. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> Just pull my one armed bandit. <laughs> Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast, episode 19, a selectbutton.net guide and podcast. Podcast? That's how we say it now, the podcast. Um, <laughs> every week, we select three games at random, and you get to vote on which one we play. This time, you picked Gegege no Kitaro, Fukatsu Tenma Dayo. Dayo, oh, fuck me. Uh, we'll be discussing it using the five standardized metrics for scoring a video game, which are... Vanity, Poetry, Harmony, Mystery, and Gun. I'm your host, Virtual Clint. I'm your co-host, Courier Rice. And today we are joined by... I'm Bachelor of Bachelorsoft, makers of the greatest video game of all time, and I'm kind of hungover. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. It's Talpa. And that's it. Maybe Shrug, if Shrug uh, uh, shows up, guest-starring Shrug. But maybe not. Who knows? We'll find out. Um, before we start, officially, I wanted to mention that I literally just created a Patreon page. Uh, and we've got tiers for all the way down to $1, all the way up to $100. And you can pledge for things like joining our private Discord, uh, dictating games for us to play, and you could even start on the podcast yourself. It's very exciting. It's great. So go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash snexploration that's s n exploration so let's move on let's talk about this game that i'm not going to say a second time because i'm butchering it um you said it perfectly the first time oh god i felt so awful saying it though so gegege no kitaro fukatsu tenma daio yeah yeah i did it um, it was released on February 5th, 1993, uh, and as of right now, Giant Bomb is down, so I couldn't get a whole lot more information because it's not really listed anywhere else, but I know it's based on a manga series created in the 60s, so it's old, uh, that popularized yokai, which are like ghosts but Japanese. I'm sure somebody else has a better way of describing that, but uh, <laughs> the game is actually kind of a boss rush platformer kind of thing it's it's a platformer but you have to kill all the enemies to move on it's very strange and we'll get into all that um it was developed by a company called beck b-e-c i don't know anything about them uh and published by bandai which of course that's very popular but uh yeah the game never made it to the stage japanese only obviously uh but there's a couple of other there's one gege game gege kitaro whatever game that did make it to the states right but in like a weird form Oh, yes. Uh, we had Ninja Kid over in the States. I don't know about uh, PAL countries, but it was, the f I think, the first Gigage no Kitaro game that was a, got a reskin, so it was a ninja thing. It was a platformer. It was not, you know, Super Mario Brothers quality, but it existed. Okay, so we sort of got one, but it got reskinned, so that's fine. Uh, but we didn't get this one. Anyway, um, and I asked everybody to play about an hour of the game, but how long did you play and about how far did you get in this game? I actually wanted to say really quick that I do know what else Beck has made because I looked it up on the cutting room floor. And oh, good call. 
Beck is, uh, if if the cutting room floors stuff is to be believed, um, it is. Which I mean, it is. <laughs> but if if it's the only stuff out there, then uh, Beck is known for pretty much just doing like anime adaptation games and. Not like any really stellar stuff. There's a Dragon Ball Z game in there. There's, uh, give me one second here. Oh shit! They've got a Pat Labor game. I bet that's really bad to play. That's surprisingly relevant to our personal viewing groups. Oh, let's see. They did an Evangelion game. There's a Legends game with a Z. I don't know what that is. Uh, there's an Uchu Senkan Yamato game for the Turbo Graphics CD. Is a couple Ultraman games that I actually know of, and that's about all I see on the cutting room floor. Beck, they're also uh, famous for that that one song, "Loser." I think they produced. It. Yeah, the Beck is actually one man. No, it's a band. Haven't you seen? It? <laughs> <laughs> they had a manga and an anime and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh God. I'm a loser, baby. Geke no Kitaro. <laughs> Tolba, is that Pat Labor game for Super Nintendo? Yes, it is. It will, we will eventually play it if we don't all kill each other first. Or just Hell die yeah. of old age, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Donate to the $10 tier on our Patreon and pick one of us to die. <laughs> if we can get that Patreon up to, like, what's the tier for, what's the, the goal for when we start producing this weekly? Is it $2,000? <laughs> I that's what I'm expecting to happen, but it's not something I'm telling people to do. It's just <laughs> we can't help it. It's going to come. I mean, it's going to flow right in. Yeah, exactly. We're just going to this. These dollar bills are just going to just jump into our pockets. It's going to be hard to control it's all gonna, of the money. It's going to be like Harry Potter at the post office all over again. Yeah, exactly. Send us screamers um, or whatever they're called. Whalers. I don't know. That's Bob Marley. Um, <laughs> to quote Harry Potter, cash rules everything around me. <laughs> yes, that was. That's uh, his most famous spell. <laughs> um, okay, it's so, the name of his stand. <laughs> oh, my God. They're not called stands. They're called... Fuck, I thought I could have another joke by the time it came out. Nope. All right. Um, <laughs> how how long right, did we so... play this game? <laughs> So I've played this all the way through twice. It is not a terribly long game. It's a probably two hours to fully play. I think if you're like going through it, I went through it a bit quicker when I was playing it with Clint on two player, uh, because the, the stages that were hard on single player were easy and the stages that were easy on single player were hard. And that was entirely based on the fact that, um, we were controlling how far the other could walk and also that we shared a health bar that it turns out in single player is doubled in length as a result. So the, the flames at the bottom of the screen that are the health bar. Oh, this reminds me, we had a request for the podcast that we do more to describe the visuals of the game because sometimes people are listening to this in the car. And so, yeah, so there's a, there's a, uh, at the, the the user interface at the bottom of the screen, or the heads-up display, or whatever they would call it here, there's a health bar that's made up of these flames, and every time you get hit, one of them goes out. But in the two-player mode, um, the flames can uh, half-wither. So that uh, 
if done properly, if people are good at dodging, which we weren't because when you play multiplayer, no one focuses it. Uh, if two player, if both players are doing well, then like you have a whole bunch of extra hits. Otherwise you just, one of you screws the other over or you both screw each other over. Yeah. Yeah. It was sort of interesting. I didn't. Okay. So I only played this in two player with Curry, uh, short for time. And, uh, and so I didn't play the single player, but I could definitely see how some of those stages would be way easier, but like essentially doubling damage output, um, maybe not doubling just because of the way that the game works, but increasing damage output was definitely helpful on certain bosses. Um, and there's a lot of bosses. It's almost all bosses. So the second player also, well, actually I'll get into the second player characters in gun. So sorry, you, uh, the rest of you explain how long you played. I played this last night on gamer stream. I'm don't know how long it was an hour. It was terrible. I think I got to stage four or five. It was like a shoot 'em up stage. And it was uh it was miserable. But I did prepare for this podcast. I read numerous Mizuki uh comics. I watched the cartoons. I I I'm a fucking scholar now, okay? So like you can't shame me for not beating this game. I put in the work. Oh yeah. The- the stage that you got to was the one with the uplooking monk, which is the actual name of the the boss at the end of that stage. Oh yeah, um, you lost to the the shipbirds. Yes. Yeah, the the ship cops were your main enemy in that stage. Ugh. See, that's that's well, it's hard on two player. Because we weren't paying attention. We were just taking the shit in the face. In the end, the shit cock does tend to be harder on the second player. To be... <laughs> fuck. To be clear, <laughs> these were chickens that ha- that would fly over you and shit on you. Um, th- that part is no joke. It was a shit cock. That's just not usually And there was some kind of yokai riding it. them. It looked to me like a white owl, but it totally wasn't, so... I think it was uh, that blue rectangle guy you see in the credits. Oh, the the sofa. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, to be no. honest, it's a yokai, so it could really that be one. anything. That one was the one you see in the credits is a friend of yours. Uh, you were fighting enemies in this game. Yeah, no, uh, maybe your friends are just assholes in this game. <laughs> Could be. Tulpa, how long Just did you play like this? Just like no life. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> I'm a sweetheart, okay? Let me accept uh, my proves the rule. I played this game for, I think, three or four hours. It's hard to keep track because I kept uh, getting pissed and quitting the emulator and having to start over. Yeah, I can imagine that. I, <laughs> I beat this game. I, I'm very proud I of you. I was the first person in this podcast to beat this game. And it was all, all to spidery. It's true. <laughs> yeah, so I, I... And then I got... And then I immediately woke up and went to Super Saiyan 3, so... Super Saiyan, you mean? Y- yes. <laughs> Thank Super <you>. Saiyan. Super <laughs> offspring. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, I did the... I played with Curry. So I played... Yeah, we played, what, an hour and a half? 
and got to the end of the game. Uh, it was a lot faster because you knew what you were doing. Um, I was the burden, but occasionally I would uh, come through and just start dealing lots of damage, and, and uh, that helped, I think, a little bit on some of the bosses. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, okay, and we will, let's, yeah, let's try and do a better job of describing what this what the games look like going forward. That's a great idea. And just to give you an idea of what we're looking at with this, it's it's a platformer with real big sprites. Like, it's... They're very big, very colorful. You don't have a lot of screen space then to deal with some of the enemies, and some of them move very fast. Um, so that's it's very interesting, kind of how that works. And then you get these really cool-looking anime cutscenes uh, before and after stages sometimes, and in the like. It's it's really neat. Um, but yeah, so let's move on to our first topic, which is gun. And gun is I had a lot of guns actually because I had I got to choose from a bunch of different characters as second player, which nobody else did. I'm so special. Um, but You're a very special boy. I'm a very special boy. Um, <laughs> Here comes a special boy. I am currently trying to document all of the secondary characters uh, that you could play in this game because it's not listed anywhere I could find on the internet. It's a snake exclusive, except that it's on the cutting room floor. Oh, is it? Damn it. Whatever. Is it really? Well, it's not documented which they don't, characters they don't list you can the play. characters. They just yeah, they don't show the characters. They just show uh, that it is a thing you can do. Yeah, let's start with that. So this has a hidden menu in it that you can only access by holding L and R on the second controller and then hitting select on the first controller. Um, and it lets you select a few things. You can change the difficulty from easy to normal to hard. Starts on normal. Uh, you can select a what level you're on so it does have a level select it's got a sound test but then very interestingly there's an option to turn on a secret menu that allows the second player to pick their character at the beginning of each stage um i am not sure what this game does without that menu on i think it just defaults you to a single character uh, or maybe there's certain characters that you get for certain stages not 100 percent on that we didn't try it but it is very odd that that was a hidden hidden option you would Especially with the amount of work that went into the menus, like the the secret menu um, looks really good and is it uses graphics I don't think you see elsewhere, um, including uh, shots of each of the characters. Like you get a big profile picture of them, so really interesting stuff. Um, and that's what what I use to to pick through all the six different secondary characters that you could do. So, but yeah, um, but yeah, what what do we got for this game's gun? There's a lot. This is really a very gun heavy game, I think. Your gun um, is your hair. Yeah, you shoot your hair out uh, to defeat various enemies. All of the enemies take a million follicles of hair to die because hair is actually not a very effective weapon, as it turns out. <laughs> uh, and the game is broken up into... Uh, stages which are further broken up into levels and in each level you fight a handful of enemies on a small stage and then the boss appears and you defeat the boss and that's the general gameplay loop yeah and and they're very short stages like uh, unless the boss is a total bullet sponge typically you're completing a stage in five minutes or less by i mean three minutes or less i would say for the most part um they're honestly short. if they weren't if they weren't bullet sponges you'd be beating the levels in seconds so yeah if, if there were no enemies you could walk all the way to the end of the stage in about 20 seconds so just to give you a they're really more like arenas um that are just kind of long 
And yeah, the enemies are there. When when Topa says few enemies, I mean we're talking sometimes two. Like there's one stage where there are two enemies and then you fight the boss. Like sometimes it's very the few. best stage. Yeah. Yes, the stage on the inside of the ghost train that flies through the sky, which is and really cool. it yeah. There's two little enemies that are in uh, these coats or shawls or something that make them look like pine cones they hop around rather ineffectively you kill them and then you go and fight a boss that just sits there and hopes you don't kill it super quickly and and yeah like it's well it's only damaged when it spits out a tiny blue version of itself and you have to shoot the tiny blue version of itself which is easy yeah so so it, it's, it's just the easiest boss in the game it's the easiest stage it's the only good one <laughs> Yeah, this game. Oh, wait. It's the second easiest boss. The the eight head the dragon is one. Mm, we know. actually struggled immensely with the the Yamato no Orochi. It's an eight headed dragon. Yeah, the eight headed dragon. Sorry, it's just that that's what it was called in the guide. But yeah, so we we had we died like over ten times to it. It was really difficult in two player because we weren't able to really like. We weren't super focused, and so we couldn't tell each other, oh, go this way, go that way. And so it made the screen a lot more constricted. And so we couldn't, like, dodge around the dragons. We just had to stay still until we finally came up with the solution of I would block and he would shoot. Because the second player, at least two of the characters, had a better shot than the hare in that it was quick and it would go all the way across the screen and past it. Yeah, the hare projectile is maybe, like four times the, the width of your character is how far it goes. But there are two characters that had projectiles that would go all the way across. So um, the hair is almost like an extended melee attack, which is interesting. That's, that, that's because this game may as well be a belt scroll. This game is that shitty. Like, it does not feel... It does not resemble a shooter. Like, you can shoot and um, you're shooting your hair. And the interesting about it is when you shoot, like, you... Uh, rapid fire, like three, four bullets, follicles, whatever. It's a character action game. That's being generous too. Um, <laughs> so like when when you shoot and you shoot on the ground, you, it, it locks you in place so that you are just a total sitting duck because these enemies take a billion hits to kill. So they'll just run right at you as you're shooting and you can't dodge it. But if you shoot while you're jumping, you're way more mobile because you can control your jump arc. So the key is to actually stay in the air and just, you know, go back and forth. This but, is the worst possible alien soldier. That's what this game is. <laughs> and the, you can't shoot down, though. You can shoot up, left, and right, but you can't shoot down in the air, which is a bummer. Um, you also have, okay, so you've got a health bar at the bottom, which is like 10 hits. You can take 10 hits before you die. In two-player, you share the health bar, but it's 20 hits. And then uh, you also have special attacks, so every enemy you kill drops an orb one orb is one of the mini special attacks and one fifth of the really terrifying special attack which is the only one worth using so you have to collect five orbs to shoot lightning everywhere um which is really the only one that you want to do um this so, game, oh. the worst the worst part about the special attacks is that uh one of them is a uh, remote controlled skeda that uh Chitaro has used frequently in the cartoons and comics that just does not work it, you can't control where it goes, so it, it's just it's very strange. And then the other one's a whip, which is like your normal hair attack, except slower and weaker and worse overall. 
We, uh, so each of the second player characters have their own specials, which we had a controller issue and we're not able to test any of them. So that's not an exclusive. (laughs) I think those special attacks maybe had to be done in tandem as well. I because I, I did no. all of my other buttons worked like that's the thing I don't think it was a controller issue I think there's something up with the game where you have to do something special or or because we were using the secret menu to select characters it's possible that those characters special attacks don't actually work like maybe that's why they buried it you know we oh, have to test it out. I'm hesitant to believe any of that, but I mean, we it's not like we I have anything else to go on. But what we did find out is that uh, when the, you are playing two players, that there is another special ability that requires both players to be standing beside each other. And it appears to be a screen clearing attack. And uh, that works. That works just fine. And, and only I had to use it standing near Clint. Clint didn't even have to do anything with it. Yeah, yeah, that which we used once and it seemed all right. Seem cool. <laughs> um, oh, the game also has... I wanted to cover this because I liked this game. I had fun playing it, but only because it's a very generous game. Um, when you die, there's no continues, there's no lives. You just start over from the beginning of the stage. Um, you don't lose any progress, essentially. And the other thing is that this this actually kind of sucks, but it's it does help out. If you collect an orb, you get to keep the orb even if you die, which means that there is a strategy where you repeatedly die on the same level to be able to collect the orbs and continue on by using your very terrifying special attack. But it also means that if you use all your orbs uh, and you actually don't pass the level, now they're gone forever and you have to grind away to get more orbs, which is not possible on some levels. So it's... I, I like that it's generous, but it also creates some other problems. But I would have hated this game if you had to start like earlier than the stage you were on or, or if there were lives. That would have pissed me off. Yeah, if you had to do several stages in a row to reach a checkpoint, I think I would have been a little less willing to finish it. Uh, I probably would have tried anyway because I've played games like that and it's worked out fine, but it would have been a lot more exhausting. This, uh, the way they did it here with the checkpoints at every stage and with the um, persisting resources, it really kind of made it seem like, oh, hey, you got that far. That's fine. Uh, We aren't going to make you redo it. We will give you whatever you need for this. And I like to think that the levels where they don't give you orbs are ones that didn't require you to use special attacks, but... It might be a bit generous because we did have some trouble with the Sesame Street count, who is a boss in this. <laughs> yeah, Sesame Street counts in this game. <laughs> but yeah, um, so that's, I mean, that's kind of the basics of it. But honestly, like, this game is very, very hard. Uh, the bosses generally have take lots and lots of damage, so you end up having to spend a lot of time dodging attacks and and making sure you don't take damage. The most important thing is to not take damage, which makes two-player much harder because you can both take damage at the same time. <laughs> and it's, I, it's hard. Yeah, and the, the collision detection is a mess. Like, you can duck in this game, but I think it shaves maybe a pixel off your hitbox, hurtbox, whatever. And, like, you know, like, the, the bosses... Also, the bosses can be, like, two-shot if you have the lightning, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's... There's a lot of games that are like that, though. Almost like all of the bosses can be two-shot. One of the bosses can be actually one-shot with the lightning, and that's the one after you fight the giant uh, 
eyeball thing. The upward-looking monk? No, no. The one after you fight the normal enemy, that's a giant eyeball made of many tiny eyeballs. I'm trying to remember. The one that looks the one that looks like a tadpole. Uh there was one that had a tadpole, but it wasn't the boss of the level. No, but the the enemy you fight after that. Okay. I, I, I don't remember any details about uh that boss except that they could be defeated with a single lightning. Yeah, okay. I I didn't know that. Um I'm actually gonna quickly Google the FAQ and find that because it did have the names for the bosses. Oh yeah, that's smart. That's smart. Um but yeah, so it's I don't know. It's weird because we I played all the way through this game and it's I got hit so much and I you know I was just getting knocked off of plat oh there's platforming too which is interesting so only maybe four stages out of the total of what sixteen or something um have death pits but they're not death pits if you fall in you lose a health and you come back out as a little spirit flame and you can choose where you land on the 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 level on the screen again you can't scroll it but you can choose where you land again which I thought was kind of a neat. Uh, a neat mechanic but it ended up just being irritating because often what you would do is get hit fall off the platform and go into the the death pit you'd lose two health and then you would have to choose where you landed and i don't know it was just sort of irritating so did we mention the shield which doesn't really work oh it works really well it just only works against projectiles certain even that many projectiles it no there's a lot in the in the latter half of the game like the dragon boss we were talking about the orochi we uh our strategy for beating it entirely revolved around the shield yeah that was the one where the shield there are two fights where the shield came in really useful for us but other than that though yeah it was so the projectiles oh yeah we needed it for the final boss too didn't we Mm -hmm. yeah you definitely need it for the final boss it makes the the final final boss boss is such a joke in this game because you could just sit there with the shield up and then it's effortless it uh will occasionally remove its eyeballs from its head and like like paralyze you but then it the attack it does afterwards as soon as it does it you can pull your shield back up that's when you get your control again so it is pretty much a cakewalk as long as you know oh hey one of these buttons raises a shield yeah yeah is it it other than that yeah getting hit is essentially like not not a problem. You just don't take damage in that fight unless you're me and you kind of suck. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Well, I, how about this? I want to go over the, the six characters and their attacks just to give you an idea of how they're different. Because if you're playing single player, you get the one character, he has his hair attack, and that, and then the special attacks, and that's it. But if you're playing as a second player with that secret menu, you can choose from... Oh, actually, I should look up their names. You've got... Uh, Nezumi Otoko, which I guess means Ratman. I I definitely called him Ratman. Um, and he can sl- he slaps. It's very short range, very high damage, and it stun locks exactly one enemy, so they can't attack you, and otherwise nobody else. And then you've got who's what's the the yellow demon's name? I don't know. Oh, Shisa. That's uh, it's one of the guardians that sits in front of like temples and stuff. Okay, gotcha. So that one is a little short yellow demon that shoots a, a fireball all the way across the screen. So huge range, uh, and it's short. So sometimes that's an advantage. Uh, sometimes it's not, and you go underneath enemies. That's interesting. Then you've got this bowl cut girl. I don't know her name. Um, and she just claws. It's kind of like the slap, but suckier. 
then you've got this samurai person, maybe samurai. They shoot fireballs just like the short demon, but they're not short. And then you've got this creepy-looking old man oh, who I can't even look at. Ugh, just this weird deformed face. Anyway, the creepy old man has a big old club. But again, no offense to our listeners with deformed faces. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The old man looks weird though. Like in you a, got a butt head. A butt head. Yeah, big two cheek butt head. Anyway, uh, big club. And then the uh, the pink kimono girl throws rice, which is essentially like the hair attack in that it's sort of short range, but there's less of them, so it's just worse. Uh, <laughs> so that's the, the characters. Uh, yeah, I got to experience a lot more gun, honestly. I am, like, scouring this guide, and I cannot figure where that one woman is. I'm thinking, like... Was it after the Orochi stage that we fought that one woman that uh, she was on the top level, the one Topol was talking about that can die in one shot, the level with the oh, tadpoles? Yes, the tadpole level had that the woman who shot lightning, and then you could be on the top or the bottom. But that, she, yeah, that, that was, was four weird. two. I think so. That sounds right. Okay, if so, if so, that's apparently Tengu, and I'm like, that doesn't look like the Tengu from earlier in the game. Weird. Which is which is apparently uh Santengu. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know enough about different. all these Japanese characters. I'm so I'm so ignorant. <laughs> so I think we all are a little ignorant on this. So um oh one of the first enemies is one of my favorites. Uh it, she looks like I think it's the very first boss. She looks sort of Geisha like big almost. green head. No, it must be the second boss then. Here, I'll send a screenshot because I just pulled it from Giant Bomb. Hold on. Well, maybe not. Doesn't matter though. Um, she looks kind of geisha like. Oh, um, the um, the uh, the first manga has a dictionary of the yokai that appear in it, and I think all of the yokai that were bosses in this game appear appear in the manga. So I can like verify which ones are which. Okay. Nice. Um. Okay, yeah, that one that you're doing there, I forget the Japanese name, but I know that myth of the woman with the mouth in the back of her head. Yeah, that was Mama Mouth. No, yes, it's Mama Mouth. (laughs) Umami Mouth. Oh, no. (laughs) The fifth mouth. (laughs) On the body. Oh, no. Gross. (laughs) Oh, that's the Takuchi Ona, which I think literally means uh mama mouth. mouth or two-mouthed woman two-mouthed woman two-mouthed uh, okay woman. okay mama mouth i am like i know this is kind of a, a low bar a low hanging fruit but i'm always glad to play a game where gacha dokudo appears being gacha dokudo being the giant skeleton that you see in anything if there's a giant skeleton it's a gacha dokudo and that is the the starving uh ghost i think it's called it's it's a giant skeleton that tiptoes behind people very quietly or maybe not tiptoes but it walks very quietly behind people and so you can't hear them even though it's a giant and then it like makes you starve or it eats you or something i don't know (laughs) i'm a scholar (laughs) yeah there was a giant skeleton though that was cool it wasn't quiet at all it was I very loud. Oh, I think I think the boss that I was frustrated with, the one that turns to uh 
or not the boss. It was a regular enemy, wasn't it? The one that turns into mist. I think that was a Suito. Oh, which one Maybe. turned into mist? I can't remember what it was called or what it looked like other than mist. Oh, it was no, I'm thinking of the of the big fox. Uh, oh, do you remember. you mean the boss that spawns on top of you? Unless you're pushing forward, in which case it spawns right ahead of you. Oh, that motherfucker! That's Suiko in this guide, and it was made oh. of mist. So, yeah, yeah. So I had that chapter last night. So I was like, oh wait, that's that's one of the bosses. This is a horrific nightmare of a boss, and by a horrific nightmare, I mean just a. Just a just a right old asshole. <laughs> Too bad you couldn't defeat it the way you defeated it in uh, the way Kitaro defeated it in the comic, which was to uh, go fight in in a snowy wasteland and uh, pretend to get possessed by it, only to uh, freeze it inside his body. This comic is great. It's a great comic. <laughs> Much better than the it's, game. It's a good comic. Everybody, go home. Stop listening to the podcast. Get out of your car. Go read it somewhere somehow. I found a uh, somebody ripped all the sprites for all of the monsters in this game, and they have names. So that link that I had. So because what I would like to talk about is gun wise, what were our uh, favorite monsters to fight? Um, it also has uh, sprites for all of the player characters as well with names, which is wonderful. Um, so that's really good. Um, but I think I, yeah, the Gasha Dokuro, yeah, there you go. Um, the, that was the big skeleton, but it sort of has mantis legs, which is really fucking cool. Loved that. I just noticed the bull cut girl's name does have the word Neko in it. So she is a cat girl, which explains her swiping at people. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. like, uh, they, they have some sexual tension, her and Kitaru. Yeah, I think that I think I saw that in the credits where they were being all blushy beside each other. Blushy. Oh, how cute. And the man with the butt first skull was uh oh, let me look it up again. Also, uh, I can't verify, but I think in the very beginning of the Kitara manga they do clarify that he is six years old or something. I don't know if that changes later on. I don't know if time progresses naturally. Oh, they firmly established that he is not human, so and age doesn't apply to him, period. I think he's like 180 years old or something from the Wikipedia thing. So, but I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. The man <laughs> with the butt first skull is the Kanaki Gigi. He has the body of a baby, so I think many of us can find him relatable <laughs> or attractive. Oh no, no, don't say no, that. No, no, no. <sighs> My, no. it's just it's where I thought you were going. That's all. <laughs> what? Okay. No, I am not a city. My favorite fight in this game was against Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> by the yes, way. the Frankenstein fight is really great because he keeps getting back up and surprising you after repeatedly being set on fire. <laughs> yeah, he gets set on fire and then he wakes up all charred and starts attacking you. And then he just keeps falling over and pretending to die and then getting up again until he finally sets on fire a second time. So that was great. It was also really easy, which was nice. I was a big fan of that. <laughs> At one point, he even he gets up and only takes one hit before he falls back down and dies permanently. So perfect. I like the Nopuro bow or whatever. It kind of just looks like um, a purple tongue wearing a kimono. It never hit me once, and it died pretty quickly. And it looked kind of lewd, so that's the only character I liked. 
<laughs> I like the Nobi Agari, which was the giant tadpole child that when you hit it would make this really strange but pleasing uh, sound. That was yeah, like, that was the name of it, the Nobi Agari. Big fan of that tadpole motherfucker. That's also <laughs> an extremely good chapter of the manga. Much better than playing that stage in the game. I also like the enemies that came out of like a jack in the box and like you can get their hitbox is really weird. Like you can't shoot the box, I don't think. I could go on a long time about all the enemies I hated. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the jack in the box guy uh is probably one of my least favorite enemies just because it loves to do fake outs. It'll like pop its head out over and over and over and over and over and never come out. Oh, it drove me nuts that so many of the enemies in this game would constantly get into patterns where they where you couldn't hit them and they weren't attacking you. So you just sit there waiting for them to do something. How do you feel about the Mudmen? Oh, I spent uh, there's uh, there's one stage that has three Mudmen, and I thought they were regular enemies because they would like get hit and stuns like regular enemies. But it turns out you're supposed to just run past them. So and I spent five minutes them. there just shooting one over and over, and it never died. So good. I love that. It was bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, if uh, I didn't get a hint, I would have just stopped playing the game there. All hail bad games. <laughs> uh, my favorite was the, my least favorite, I should say, was the, the flame enemy, Takurobi, um, which would fly around and you couldn't damage it. Then it would split into three smaller flames or sometimes five. Still couldn't damage it. And then every once in a while, it would get a face for about a second. And that's the only time, maybe two seconds. And that's the only time you could damage it. And it would take upwards of like a minute sometimes to just kill one of these things. Luckily, there are only two in the game. So that's nice. That's something to mention too, is that none of the enemies repeat so every stage has a new set of enemies. You never see the same enemy in multiple stages, which I think is really interesting. Um, it's the same for, I mean, we'll get into some of this in Vanity, but it, that's kind of the running theme is that you never see the same thing twice, um, which I liked. It reminded me a bit of uh, Mr. Robo, Robo Man. Oh, crap, what the hell did we play? Anyway. Mr. Tough? Mr. Tough. I feel like that one had a lot of, like, unique enemies that would show up randomly that one wasn't that was a lot more of a traditional platformer but you had some unique enemies in there but anyway yes um oh uh oh never mind go on sorry i was looking at that uh takuchi woman that i thought tobo mentioned and the list said futaguchi or futaguchi and so i was like thrown off for a second but no it's i'm pretty sure that's basically what they said yeah futaguchi ono is definitely uh, a two-mouthed woman <laughs> You know I gotta take every opportunity to correct people like a pedantic asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah, we're we're all a little bit pedantic here, which is you know the heart and soul of the cast. <laughs> so this thing that Clint just posted in the Discord thread, uh, the let's see, what's that called? The Sea Monk. Sea Tengu. Tengu. Yeah, I do not recall this being in the game at all. That's why I posted it. I don't recall this being in the game at all either. It looks like a little... I, I mean, how would you describe it? It looks like a little watery gravestone with eyes. 
Yes, that's exactly it. And it looks like it's popping in and out of the water. And I suspect this may have been unused sprites that were still in the game. This, the style of that sprite looks a lot like... Um, it looks like it was taken from the PlayStation 1 game. <laughs> Time <Weird>. travelers. <laughs> or Or people just not knowing how to categorize things. Oh, it could be that. It could be that the sprite isn't in the oh, wrong yeah, game. Maybe. Yeah, good call. Because, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't match the art style of, of the rest of these. It has a lot more, like, dithery-like effects. So, very interesting. It also it also doesn't say it's ripped by the person that these others say it's ripped by. So, it may actually completely be um, put in the wrong category. See, like, these sprites say they've been ripped by Theon Aegis and Smithygon... Or Smithy GCN? It's hard to make out from here. It appears to have done the C Tengu one. So yeah, I actually think this is in the wrong category. That that's funny. I think yeah, it is. Okay, well, never mind. That may explains why we didn't see it. <laughs> Thanks. Shout outs to Theon Aegis for ripping all the sprites, and no shout outs to Smithy. It is GCN for putting it in the wrong category. <laughs> But thanks for ripping that all the same. But thank you, yeah. Shoutouts for ripping it and no shoutouts for doing it wrong. <laughs> for what it's worth, I imagine someone else may have categorized it incorrectly. Look, I want to call people It may have been submitted to the site and someone else was like, yeah, this is the game. <laughs> uh, but my other favorite enemy to fight was the, the Wolfman, um, who there were two of them, actually. And it was really, really hard. Um, but I did feel like there was more... Um, not to skill isn't quite the right word, but I felt like I was reacting to it and it was reacting to me a little bit more than a lot of the other enemies, which was just like try to dodge their shitty, shitty attacks um, and not die. So that's my other favorite I, fight. I do think it was like it was a lot faster than the other bosses. And I think it had more moves than the others because there was the, the long dive forward. There was just the, the little swipe at you. If you were jumping upwards, it could actually swipe upward. Um, it could do a jump up into the air and do a dive kick down. There was a half height jump kick. So yeah, it's like this was a fighting game character that somehow ended up in this game to beat us up. Yeah, it reminded me of playing... Mega Man X4 and then fighting Magma Dragoon who has the same thing where it's not like this strict pattern that you're following and trying to counter. It feels like you're playing a fighting game and reacting to this other character completely out of place for the rest of the game, which was interesting. So, but you know, Mega Man X4 is my favorite Mega Man X, which probably makes me a traitor to everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Life. Uh, the, the concept of a, a, a boss that feels like it's been put in the wrong game reminds me of the final boss from uh, Splatterhouse 2, which is very clearly a boss that belongs in a shoot 'em up but is for some reason in a very slowly paced and clunky uh, beat-em-up. And yeah, I have that fight recorded on my Twitch from several years ago. Tulpa was there for it. That was back before I ended up meeting all of these people when I just knew Tulpa. And that was a, I think Tulpa may be able to remember that that was a fucking disaster. Oh yes. Yes. I remember that's part of why I keep saying mean things about, uh, Famicom games, even my though God. I, 
Yeah, I love the Famicom. It's all just to antagonize curry rice. <laughs> the thing, though, is that wasn't even a Famicom game. That was like a Turbo Graphics game. Oh. Or a Genesis game. It was definitely not Nintendo. Then I've been mean for the wrong reasons all along. <laughs> well. Oh, uh, so if you want to hear the full list of uh, of uh, allies that you could play as in this game, I loaded up my save state of just before the final stage because you have to unlock the allies and get a game over in order to uh, choose them, which is another weird thing I noticed. Wait, can that's you weird play? because that didn't happen for us. Oh, that was. But that at, is at the very, very beginning, weird. We did, we did immediately have trouble selecting them, but then like we started playing and. We were on the first stage, and we were like, "Oh, wait, we this isn't working. Uh, let's do a soft reset." And we did a soft reset, and we did it again. And like, I think then Clint was able to pick from all the characters. So, I don't know. Yeah, it was That's, weird. That is weird because because um, I tried it out for a while on on my game uh, where I I couldn't even like stage select past any stages I haven't played yet, which from a uh, hard reset is zero stages. So this game has a kind of soft save system. But when I loaded a save state that that was on the final stage of the game, then I was able to select any stage. It has a stage select too if outside of the secret menu? No, inside the secret menu. Oh, okay. Yeah, cuz that that unlocked we could select any stage. We actually there was one stage we skipped. No, there were a couple stages. Whatever. We skipped a couple because I got pissy. And I was like, I need to keep playing. I need to move on to see the rest of this game. Wait, the podcast wait. <laughs> so you didn't fucking beat oh, the no. game? No, no, we beat the game. We just did We did skip a couple bosses after being stuck on them like five times. If you get stuck on a boss, you didn't beat the game. Because the final <laughs> boss is a pushover. Well, Curry beat the game. So I didn't beat the game. <laughs> yeah, I beat I beat the game straight up. But when I was going through again with Clint when we were in two player, we were like, oh, we got don't got a lot of time before the cast. I want to at least make sure you see everything in it. So all right. Just so anyway, the next stage, the full list of allies that you can bring along are Konaki Gigi, which I already described as the one with the uh, for a skull and the body of a baby. And I think the name is literally uh, baby bodied old man. Ugh. Its name is hey. its name is Butt Skull Baby Boy. <laughs> God, yeah, Butt Skull Baby Boy. Tag. Uh, the old woman is Sunakake Baba, uh, which is something about sand and woman. I, I assume she has sand powers. Oh, she was throwing oh, sand. We thought, thought it was rice. rice. Yeah. Uh, then Neko Musume, uh, cat daughter. <laughs> she's the daughter of cats i guess it's her morning i i have a cat daughter go on everyone's favorite character jigoku doji uh hell kid uh the child of hell wait which one is that which one does he look like the, uh that's that's the samurai one. Oh, okay he is cool yeah and and he's hell kid and then Nezumi Otoko, translator's note, Nezumi Otoko means uh, Ratman and Shisa, which uh, we already talked about. You may recognize Ratman from another game. Uh, not a game, the, the promotional comic for Portal 2. Same character. Hey, yeah, that's a good connection. Another Snexploration exclusive. 
Wait, what? There's <laughs> Batman. There's, there's a character in the promotional comic for Portal Two uh, that like is the one who wrote on the walls in Portal One that was like, "You can only trust the the companion cube or something." And his name is Ratman. He's that, like a scientist who escaped into the walls. Ratman also wrote "The Cake Is a Lie," so that's where that comes from. Oh, and I keep making the translators note joke about uh, Ratman because we were watching uh, we were watching a few episodes of the uh, anime the other night, and they refused to actually translate Nezumi Otoko, even though it literally just means Ratman. They did have a translator's note at the top. You know what this means? It means that Shigeru Mizuki is responsible for the meme, the cake is a lie. It's true. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> okay. Um, do we have any other gun notes? Uh, let's see. This game is a lot more playable after I finally accessed that secret menu and set the game to easy, because that means enemies <gasps> don't take half an hour to actually defeat. Coward. <laughs> No, I beat this game on normal. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know about the secret menu until this podcast. Like, until we started recording. Well, now we have to play in hard mode because we're all so competitive with each other. No, I'd rather shoot myself in the foot. <laughs> it's time to do competitive sh foot shooting. <laughs> I am so not competitive that it's funny. I'm like, I don't... No, of course I cheated. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, in this game, cheating is probably the right thing to do. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, he does have a code for infinite black magic. Yeah, because seeing all of the wonderful sprite art is, and I guess this is a stealth way of transitioning to uh, aesthetic, uh, or whatever it is, vanity. <laughs> yeah. But seeing all of the... Uh, all of the lovely sprite art is actually quite nice. And seeing the cutscenes and stuff, they all look good. But actually playing this game is really, really unpleasant. The, yeah. I I feel like, like I'm the odd one out here because I think the uh, the blocked off challenges of each level and the different ways the enemies act and stuff and your very limited resources with which to deal with them uh, was compelling to me. The first time around, naturally, I was a bit frustrated, but as Kusoge goes, uh, the charm grows on me. Translators note, Kusoge means trash game or something. <laughs> shit game. Thank you. I, game. I thought it was shit game, but I didn't want to say shit because you know me, I never cuss. This is, this is based on a manga, which is an adult form of entertainment. That means you've got to you gotta use the real deal language, and that means what? shit game. It's not for what, kids. Was the original was the original release technically a Gekiga? Which is an actually adult form of entertainment. It was considered too uh spooky for kids, I know that. Yeah, so I'm going to say it was definitely a Gekiga. I don't know what that means, but it's time for our next <laughs> uh a Gekiga, I assume a Gekiga is comics with an X. Like an alt comics. Comics. Welcome to the, the Gekiga Zone. Translator's note, that means comics. All right. Um, let's talk about our next topic, which is, of course, 
Vanity. I should note that because I was playing this game on Parsec, I wasn't listening to the music or hearing any of the sound. So I'm only going to talk about the graphics. I didn't listen to anything about this game. But um, this game but looks But you are great. putting the music in right now. Yeah, exactly. Only put in the music from the end credits. The rest of it's bad. Please. No, actually, the, the, the title screen has good music. And I thought that the cutscene music was really good as well. Okay, okay. just cutscenes and title screen. But uh, the actual stage music is unlistenable. It's terrible. All right, I'm going to be only using the stage music, and then <laughs> and I'm going to play it at 1.75 times the normal speed. Is that okay? Does that work? Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just nightcore no Kitaro music. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so uh, what's what do we have to say about Vanity? I, I mean, well, I have a lot to say about Vanity because this game looks great. It has huge, big, giant sprites. The bosses are, are oftentimes gigantic and gorgeous looking. Um, it is the main draw of the game for me. Um, but what, it, what do we have to say about Vanity here? It's a good looking game, but the Kitaro sprite is off. The Kitaro is like, he, he's too tall and he kind of oh. looks like a mom. The real problem with the Kitaro sprite is that they flipped left and yep. right. Yeah, because Kitaro's missing um, one eye. He's got an empty eye, and that's where his dad his dad lives in his, his eye, right? Because his dad's an eyeball. You cannot... Is the dad even in the game in any way? Can you yeah. play as a dad? Yeah, every, no, you can't play as your dad, but every time you idle in the game, your dad just pops up uh, from your hair and is like, hey, play the game. It's kind of disappointing he doesn't do anything. He like, he should up. be like, you shouldn't... Does he normally I mean, he do anything? Do, no, he doesn't do anything in the comics either. He, he, he takes baths. He does he take does a bath. He baths in the, the credits. He, he, he solves some problems. He he does some things. He, you know, why not? He talks a lot in the in the cutscenes, although I didn't understand any of it. He shows a lot up uh, quite a bit in the cutscenes. So, um. oh yeah, the plot of this game is uh, pretty much that uh, Kitaro is destined to be executed in the year nineteen ninety nine. Uh, July nineteen, yeah, July nineteen ninety nine, and he has to travel through time and beat up a bunch of yokai to get to that point in time, uh, in order to stop his own execution. And then it's revealed that actually it was a trick by a bunch of aliens who manipulated the yokai into uh, hating Kitaro Fucking because aliens. they wanted to uh, give birth to an alien baby. Who is the final boss of the game? Jesus Christ. <laughs> the plot is actually probably one of the better parts of the game. It's just too bad that I couldn't understand any of it. If you watch the Game Center CX episode of this game, they basically spell out the entire plot for you. Oh yeah, this game was on Game Center CX. So that's I which I've been meaning to watch any of. I played both of the games on the DS. Does that count? No, it doesn't. Those games are great. You should play those. In fact, I this is just a blanket recommendation. You should play both of the Game Center CX games on whatever they're actually called on the DS. Retro Game Challenge. Yes. Yeah. And only play those two. The third game does not exist. Oh. It might as well not. 
Oh, there's a third game. No, I. No, there isn't a third game. I'm sorry for uh, having put that false thought into your mind. <laughs> okay, well, I'll just I'll just wipe that from my memory so I don't ruin it. But yeah, those are wonderful. I spent hours and hours playing those. But uh, yeah, this was on an episode of Game Center CX. Which, if you're not, please somebody else describe it because I haven't watched any of it. Like, what is Game Center CX? <laughs> it is the about- only good Japanese comedian. The yeah. Um, Actually, uh, I like the PC versus Mac guys in Japan. Those two are good too. They do all of the. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the um, okay, where was I? Uh, yeah. So okay, uh, Game Center CX is about Arino Shinya, who is a stand-up comedian, normally part of a duo that I forget the name of the uh, group, but uh, he. Was originally taking part in the show that was about interviewing developers and stuff like that. And there was a little segment where they would have him play bad games and he would have to like stick to them. And they were like little five to ten minute segments. And then that became so popular that they just made the entire show that. And it's quite popular. It's very good uh, because he is like for at least like the first ten years of the show, uh, he is tragically mediocre at the game at any game and watching him inevitably succeed or come close but ultimately fail is hugely compelling and a big part of the fun of the show and also his patience is another part that makes it so enjoyable because he never really yells at the game he at worst he's always just like whenever uh he dies for like the hundredth time in 12 hours we could all learn a thing uh, or two from him and being patient especially well, has... youtube or uh, twitch streamers please it helps yeah. if you're getting paid it helps if you're getting paid also he has an unfair advantage he has those uh fever reducing icy hot patches that he puts on his forehead whenever he's stressed <laughs> yeah that basically uh is like that's basically like cybernetic enhancements. Yeah, that's cheat codes for real life. <laughs> I need to get those squid treats. Yeah, those are also cheating. But uh, Arino Shinya is uh, basically why I am like why I bothered to beat this game and why I bothered to beat a lot of games. He compelled me to like get better, and by get better games, I mean just beat games whether or not I was good at them by opening my mind to learning their systems and learning things on their own terms, whether or not it was good. <laughs> yeah. Basically the entire philosophy of the show is it's okay to put up with a bunch of unbearable bullshit because it turns out you can bear a lot of bullshit. It's the original and only good let's player. <laughs> hey, I did Let's Plays for like a year and a half. I'm great, so fuck you. No. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I should have had an audience of millions and said I topped out at 31 subscriptions or something like that, but whatever. That's pretty good. I think I had four, and they never watched, so. <laughs> <laughs> I had two people who consistently commented and then there was one rom hack i played mario world rom hack i played where the the creator actually showed up and commented a few times which was the peak that was that that made everything worth it that was wonderful um but then i stopped because uh it was a it was a big drain on my time for like nothing and then i got mad at youtube 
like not paying people. It wasn't ever paying me, but not paying anybody really. <laughs> but anyway, I think I had I think I had one friend who was in an effort to be supportive came onto one of the videos and commented, "This is a really good let's play," and then never watched any of it. <laughs> And that's my career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, okay, Vanity. This game has great sprites. What's your favorite monster to look at, not fight? What's your favorite to look at? As much as I love Gashadokuro, uh, I don't think it actually looks great in this game. There is a better giant skeleton in near the end of the game when you have to fight the Ornstein and Smo of this game. Uh, though actually I think the double werewolves are the Ornstein and Smo of this game. Um, oh, no, the du- double werewolves are like some shit from Dark Souls 2, like, uh, like, uh, fuck, I can't remember. Never mind. I can't remember anything. It was a good joke. I loved it. <laughs> fuck you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm sorry. I love everyone. We're all friends. <laughs> um, but okay, so favorite looking boss yeah see there's there's a gashadokuro skeleton that's not even doing anything yeah he just oh, sits there sorry listeners at home you can't see it there's a an unending graveyard of skulls it's a pretty cool cool game yeah, oh they, they should look at a video of this cool game just go read the comics yeah that's also yeah, the better choice that's also the better choice the comics look good good backstory Mizuki's an interesting dude got one arm yeah he lost his arm in the war and he didn't no one knew for the longest time no last night i read this yeah and it was his dominant hand it was his left arm he was left-handed and he had to uh relearn how to draw wow he didn't become a he didn't become an artist until late in life like or a successful one at at least i think he's um he died a few years ago like a year or two ago he's 93 he was the actual only good let's player (laughs) and he's like one of those guys like you know he had a rep for being lazy and then he's, you know, wow. pointed out, you know, all the guys like the Tezuka, the dudes who just ground it out and just spent all their lives drawing. They all they all dropped dead at 60. And there he is with one one arm and he's still kicking it in the 90s, you know? Yeah, I mean, he it's even showed up in uh, he showed up in uh, the Great Yokai War, a movie directed by Tatashi Miike, one of the few uh, family friendly movies that Miike ever made. <laughs> that's awesome and, he, I, and Shidoro Mizuki showed up himself so you know it's got his seal of approval that's great that's wonderful I love that he lived to 93 I love that he wasn't overworking himself to death I mean that shit's really really important I, I just you know as far as the politics of this podcast don't work yourself to death it's not worth it come on <laughs> yeah, and he, was, he was almost uh, 40 when I think the series started inspirational because you know. that's great I'm 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 30, working my way to 60 here, and uh, you know maybe maybe in 10 years this will be the most successful podcast on earth. The only one, the only podcast we've absorbed all other podcasts. We produce one podcast a day, including my brother, my brother and me, and 99% Invisible. It's all under this next exploration umbrella. We'll also be the only people living on Earth because we'll have created a podcast weapon so powerful that humanity could not handle it the snexploder gun yeah that's a really good name we should go with that name (laughs) thank you thank you you know i'm good at names that's that's actually i have that tattooed on my left leg is i'm really good at names it's weird actually it's a weird spot to have a tattoo that doesn't actually mean anything and isn't true 
Um, <laughs> Actually, one thing I, I, I was about to go on this tangent. I read this 16 page story last night. All right. So it, it's it's about I think it's this dude working at a ramen shop and the rat man goes in. He's like, this ramen blows. He's like, I can't help it. I have no hand. He's like missing a hand. And it turns out like, I don't know. It's possessed. He lost an axe. And I can't remember. There was some demon possession. Like, um, is this from so, DDD? Is this is this Evil Dead? It's it's, it's my life because at the end, Kataru just rolls in. He's like, I'm going to solve this problem, and he like he gets eaten by a, a, a demon. He gets eaten, I think, by the hand demon, and then the other guy just walks off. He's like, Oh, my hand's better. And like Kataru never gets spit out or anything. It just ends with Kataru getting eaten. What the fuck? That's <laughs> like. I was like just flipping through. He's like, is there any resolution? No, there, there's no. That's just it, the end. Kataro gets eaten. Sexy. It's a good comic. Vor joke. Vor joke. That's why my name is Virtual Clint. Hmm. <laughs> um, there is a guy. There is a, a monster that appears to have a toaster. Two toaster slots on his head, giant ears, big teeth, and he does the T two, the Terminator two thing of sort of being liquid metal, like he can change his hands into spikes and sort of melts into a puddle. And you even have to knock him into a, a pit of fire before he's vulnerable to actually being killed. And when he dies, he splits in two, much like in Terminator two, where the the guy gets cut in half. Um, so that was an interesting looking one. It, yeah, I guess, what's his name? Steve, the Terminator 2 monster, I think. I think. I, I, all right. <laughs> I thought you were going to look at like a sprite sheet or something, but he, uh, I, the guide that I have just lists his name as question marks because I think it's uh, in those alien characters that show up in the game for these aliens. Weirdly, not on the sprite sheet or the sprite list I have. This one character isn't there. I think he was switched out with the he was switched out with the sea tengu. Maybe his name uh, is sea tengu. Is, this boss is not uh, one of the alien characters, but he also shows up in the credits um, and it attacks uh, Hell Kid, and that's when you leave. No, uh, you throw you throw this uh, boss into a time vortex right before you you fuck off and leave Hell Kid alone. Oh, okay, I'm willing to believe that. Why not? Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, no, that one, uh, that one was off-screen throwing into a time portal. <laughs> yeah, I love time portal too. The time, the cake is a lie. Fuck, I'm not good at jokes. I, 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 I did some quiz on BuzzFeed that was like your best character. Yes, I do quizzes on BuzzFeed. Fuck off. And <laughs> it was like your best characteristic is that you're hilarious. I'm like, this is the most wrong a quiz has ever been. Um, <laughs> what did you get in the Pokemon personality test from Pokemon Mystery Dungeon? I didn't play that game, but I would definitely be Pikachu. Thank you. Oh, I I did play that. Uh, that it was a meme for a long time among my friends because I was Psyduck. Oh shit! And it made sense to me later in life because I was like, "Oh, uh, my brain is perpetually causing me pain. <laughs> I am depression. I am the depression duck." <laughs> I got Squirtle, the jolly jokester who loves to have fun but goes too far sometimes. That is exactly who you are, is because with those glasses. Yeah, like... I'm wearing them right now. Squirtle, Squirtle, baby. <laughs> what would I be then? Now I have to take this. Can I take it online? Should I take a break you, and do this? It, you just it's the it's the Game Boy Advance game. You just gotta boot it up and it'll ask you. Well, the very I don't give a shit about what Pokemon I am. I only care about what yokai I am. 
then perish. Oh, aren't Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon a kind of yokai? Digital? No, wait, they're not digital. That's digital. yokai are a kind of Pokemon. Can you catch a yokai? Violently. <laughs> like, uh, like the sprites in this game are kind of interesting because they sort of have some of them have this sort of bootleg look to them. Like, I assume a lot of this game was just farmed out to like Toze or something. It's Beck or some sweatshop. Is Beck like a form of like one of those companies? Possibly because all they did was uh, licensed anime games. Yeah. So, like, I assume the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing for a lot of this game because it's not the most cohesive looking thing. And that's one of the things that makes it interesting. I think I'm doing this quiz. I think somebody converted it into an online quiz. I'm going to find out. Yeah, what I am. It used to be available on the Nintendo website and it was more fleshed out than the one in the DS game. Oh, yeah. And didn't have the age. So this is not the exact... Damn, maybe it is. Oh, God, there's only two genders in this. What do I do? Fuck. <laughs> All right, I'm doing this quiz, though. We're going to find out what Pokemon I am. You feel a burst of You're happiness. How about expressing it with a little dance? Yes! Exclamation point. That's me. You see a parade coming down the street. What do you do? Get out of the fucking way. Come on. <laughs> I walk what, what, away. What, 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 what do you do with your allowance? I save half, spend half. Thank you. Can you strike up conversations with new people easily? No. Do you get injured a lot? No. You see a ball on the ground. What do you do? I spiff it up shiny and new? What? Who spiffs up a ball? I throw it. <laughs> what do you think you of jungle exploration? No. Some of these are weird. You discover a secret passage in a basement. You do what now? You build, you fight your friend and then build a wall of bricks around them. <laughs> God, this questionnaire is long. Anyone want to give me a high five for the cask of Amontillado? Yeah, I'll <laughs> I give you a five. You. Yeah. I didn't get it, but I'm gonna, I love high fives. I love you don't them. get one. Oh, You're on it. a walk when you smell something delicious. What do you do? You're Eat it. I don't care what it is. <laughs> You're packing your Try class. to imagine what it is. Find out what it is. Think about how hungry I am. Think about how horny I am. <laughs> you smell something delicious. Do you try to fuck it? Oh, well, man. I can't read the font of the, the monster with really big ears. That's what I'm talking about with the, the, I... the bootleg look to it. Like the, the, the beard monster. This like a uh, fucking Mickey Mouse guy. I'm I'm saying that it was oh, it alien must, text. It must be Mickey Mouse. I'm just convinced that uh, this is Shigeru Mizuki, uh, like demonizing Disney as is the right thing to do. Yeah, that seems okay. All After right. all, we we saw that. Uh, like I, I like to think that Shigeru Mizuki is just constantly shitting on the higher ups because we did see that one episode of the cartoon, um, the the episode the two parter where uh, Kitaro turns into a giant hairy whale man, and in the end, like the prime minister or something in Japan, one of the ministers of Japan is like, 
y'all can't be here. I'm a minister. And then Ratman's all like, oh, yeah, we'll get out of the way or I'll get you fired. And he's like, oh, no, don't don't do that. Don't get me fired. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which is a great caricature of adults. I, this quiz isn't the right one, but I'm going to tell you what I got, by the way. I am. I'm Trico. You're a quiet personality type. Trico is a third generation grass starter. That's me. I'm the third generation grass starter. It makes its nest in a giant tree in the forest. It ferociously guards against anything near its territory. It is said to be the protector of the forest trees. Man, I fucking hate the forest. So, uh, no thanks. Forest is scary. This thing was wrong. We all, ev- like everyone's seen Annihilation. We all know the forests are bad. Hiking is, yet, but that- hiking is bad. Yeah, no, don't worry. None of us have seen Annihilation and you probably don't need to go see it. I want to see Especially it. I don't if you're care. squeamish. I, I'm squeamish, but I'll sit through it. I'm brave. I'm squeamish, but brave. <laughs> it's it's horrifically violent, apparently. Is it really? What's horrifically violent? Annihilation. Oh, I'm not going to watch that because I think Jeff Vandermeer sucks. <laughs> okay. We, okay. We've definitely deviated at this point. And part of that was because I really wanted to take that Pokemon quiz. Um, but... Do we have more vanity notes? What do we got going on here? Other than the game's gorgeous. And the music sucks. Uh, That's pretty much it for me. Uh, I mean, the game is mainly gorgeous because they are sticking very close to Shigeru Mizuki designs. So it has, you know, that going in its favor. Yeah, I mean, it. it it's... It reminds me a bit of if Dragon Quest was more detailed. Like you've got these wonderful character designs that you translate to somewhat, you know, general pixel art. And it just looks good because you have a strong starting point. So, yeah, there you go. Um, But okay, let's move on to our next topic, which is mystery. Um, and again, I didn't write any goddamn notes for this because I'm the worst podcast host ever. But what are our what are our mysteries for this wonderful game? Why is it that when they could afford to do so many unique sprites in the game, they didn't have separate left and right facing sprites for Kitaro? That is the question. Probably the other question. Think. The other question is: Is this Yokai Watch? <laughs> I thought that that should have been your mystery topic. <laughs> the weirdest thing about the eye sprite is the fact, you know, it's a platformer, an action game, whatever. It's garbage. But and you're, you're generally <laughs> moving to the right. And the right facing sprite has the wrong eye. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. So like, yeah, that's the thing. They, they made it left facing for some reason, like the, the correct orientation of the sprite. I like, maybe, oh shit, I fucked it up. Well, I'm going home. Let the morning people take care of it. Maybe it's because we're playing it in a Western country, so they flipped it for us. Oh. <laughs> That's how oh, it works. Oh, we're reading this game from uh, left to right when it should actually be read right to left. Exactly. You've got it. <laughs> it makes a lot of things make sense, doesn't it? My uh, favorite... Okay, this should have been Vanity. Fuck. The very first level has trees that are very transparently mirrored. Like, it's so obvious that the left side of the tree is exactly the same as the right side of the tree. Uh, It's goofy as fuck. And I need to find a screenshot of it. But the mystery, to me, because you can build the tree in a non-mirrored way, 
why the hell would you build the mirrored tree as well? Like it looks way better when it's not like mirrored halfway down the center like that. It's just, I guess it is kind of both uh, vanity and mystery, but they really did seem to put a lot of effort into the art in this game and then half-ass random parts of it. Yeah, like there's just a couple of things where you're like, that's really weird. Um, it's a real also, alien looking tree. Yeah, it's creepy looking. Like it, it, which suits the game. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Because <laughs> yeah, you could have mirrored the whole tree, and then you'd have one that sort of, you know, points to the right, and one that sort of points to the left, and nobody would have cared because there's there's a woman trying to eat you with her second mouth. Um, that's fine. <laughs> but no, you've good not. Friday night. <laughs> Why did I keep playing this game even though I declared that I would never touch this game again after the first hour? I told you, you cannot resist the pull and charm of Kusoge. I mean, I love Kusoge, but normally I love the ones that are interestingly bad, whereas this was just bad. See, I feel like this game was interestingly bad. Like, it, it pulled a couple of unique concepts um like i mean not terribly unique but the idea that it was so generous with like the ability to keep continuing from the same stage over and over the sort of weird thing where you could grind for orbs that was neat i mean the second player thing really hooked me like you had these different characters that were good for different things and it wasn't great it wasn't clear what they were good at and most of the time there was really one choice for all of the stages but it was interesting like i don't know it this was an interesting game like i expected to come in and just really hate it but i i had a good time with it um and i maybe the mystery is what is that compelling element what makes this go beyond just a kind of crappy game um i just don't know though like it's, it's unique enough but it's not that good but i still wanted to play it you know it kind of reminds me of uh what was that ps2 game Odin Sphere. Metal Gear that, Solid 2. Odin Sphere. And oh. that all the stages are just tiny arenas in which you uh, do some prep and then you fight a boss. Yeah, it's it's got this weird flow because generally you're, at least on the platformer stage, I, I guess I only played one shooter. Is there more than one shoot 'em up stage? Yeah, the final yeah. boss is also a shoot 'em up. Okay, so it's kind of like a Super Mario Land situation. But it's like you... You know, you scroll all the way to the right and then you hit the boss and you have to like run all the way back to the fucking left because the bosses just kind of tend to go like that. They're hard to avoid. And that's kind of like a weird rhythm. You know, I would say, yeah, it has you a heard it here rhythm. first. Bachelor thinks all shoot 'em ups are bad. <laughs> They're my genre, baby. Come on. Let's, let's have it. Uh, let's have a high score challenge. No, see. The Kitaro's shoot 'em up stages felt like I tried to roach up because you had a life bar and there were tons of unavoidable attacks in the first one. Anyway, very, it's very Euro shmup. First time in my life I've ever said that word out loud. Euro shmup. That's, a, that's it's a, an ugly word for an ugly stage. It's Thank the you. ugliest, it, the worst genre of games. Euro shooter by far like in the front to the whole genre like you know what you're gonna put a life bar in your shooter fuck you <laughs> i'm learning so much i didn't know this was a thing oh I yeah i'm gonna start a, a podcast where i hate amiga games i've never <laughs> played an amiga game but i know i hate them 
Yeah, all of the no, Amiga, Amiga games. games are good. I don't know. The Amiga games we've played on this that have been ported to the Super Nintendo are bad, but maybe it's just bad ports. I don't know. Oh, they're so bad. No, no. You just How don't dare understand. you hate on Chuck Rock? Amiga uh, <laughs> games are all Sodia. What? That's what? true. Was Ob- oh god! I feel the full brunt of of uh, Britain land coming down on us. Ah shit! Britain land is coming for us, along with Canada. <laughs> Fuck! You just have to admit that Peter Molyneux was their best game designer, and that's not a good sign. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Black and White and Fable Two are two of the best games of all time. God damn it! <laughs> what about Magic Carpet? Magic Carpet sucks, but Magic Carpet 2 is pretty good. I played Magic Carpet for 30 minutes. I didn't understand it. So I played a lot of... I feel like... Okay, okay, here we go. Tangent time. I feel like Peter Molyneux is at his best when somebody else is making a sequel to his game. Because Dungeon Keeper is okay. Dungeon Keeper 2 is excellent. And he wasn't involved in that. And I feel like that would be the ideal. Is like if you made a sequel to a Peter Molyneux game that builds on the same concepts but kicks him out of the process. <laughs> like that would be ideal. So we sh- should we start working on Milo 2? Yes. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. I guess Black and White 2 was garbage, so maybe that's not the best idea. That game fucking sucks. Anyway. I haven't played Black and White 2. I just remember hating Black and White. Oh, God, why? It's so good. I finished that Pokemon quiz. It took me so long because I can't multitask. I'm 79% Charmander, apparently. I am a docile personality type. I'm sorry you got the shittiest Pokemon. (laughs) No, no, I didn't get Squirtle. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to inform all of you, but the shittiest Pokemon will always be Bidoof. No, Bidoof rules. Nose Pass is the worst. Thank you. No way. Okay. Look, that's, that's anti-Semitic. No, wait, the, the worst God one. Damn it. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, cut that out. <laughs> there's, only, there's nothing good about Bidoof, though. You can't convince me that Bidoof oh. is a good Pokemon. Which one? Is it Dragonair or Dragonite? Which is just like the fat dragon that looks oh, like Charmander? Dragonite. It it does look really doofy. It sucks. That's, a, like, that's doubling up. That's one day is cranked out in the last day. It's like, we need another one. Okay, just make a dragon. That's a someone like that's the one furry on the team who's like, guys, 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 guys. I just watched Peach Magic Dragon. I have the best idea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> You right. a rumor that might make you rich. What do you do? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm taking the Pokemon test. No, it, it would be better if it was uh, I just watched the Science of Dragons, because in that one, the dragons get fat in order to fly. Perfect. So, okay, I forgot who Bidoof was. Bidoof does suck. I was thinking you were talking about Zigzagoon. Zigzagoon rolls. Zigzagoon is Yeah, Zigzagoon's good. Bidoof is fucking awful. Zigzagoon was my, was my main in whatever game it showed up in the first one. I Was that... Was that Ruby? Linoon, though? Linoon is meh. And, and if you uh, like Bidoof, don't at me. I don't care. Fuck you. Please at Tulpa. Memorial Tulpa po- on Twitter. $10 Patreon tier to at Tulpa about Bidoof. <laughs> so Zigzagoon showed up in Ruby, and Zigzagoon's the one that converted me on normal type Pokemon actually rule. Thank you. Um, yes. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Just wanted to say it should have been uh, Ratata that immediately had you being like, you know what? Everything that has elements is bad. I'm See, going with the normies. Raticate is gross, though. That's my problem. Raticate looks nasty, and I didn't want that on my team. 
please. Radicate is just a lovely nutria that is unfortunately missing its bright orange teeth. It was so gross. And then, and then, no. okay, I guess like, what's the owl in gold and silver? That one's kind of converted me, but then it turns into a psychic type. Hoot so. hoot. Hoot hoot. And then what was it? Knocked owl? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a... What's your favorite Pokemon in yeah, 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 no, Kitaro? <laughs> it's the big skeleton Pokemon, Skelamon. No, I, 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 think, I think the game topped out pretty early with having the two-faced woman, or the two-mouthed woman. Also the five-mouthed woman. Um, what you call it? The Tanuki with the balls. But wait, did, did Tanuki have balls in this? It, it didn't. It's technically not a Tanuki. I, I forgot what it was called yeah, already. That is, that is weird that it had a Tanuki without uh, a, a heck and old scrote. Because that's how they are in real life, too. Give me that sack. <laughs> Changing the name of the podcast to Heck was... and Old Scroat, colon, give me the what's sack. In... What's, your... what's in your magic bag, old man? <laughs> oh, they mistranslated some of the sprites on uh, Spider's Resource. Oh. Uh, well, they mistranslated uh, Backbeard as Buckbeard. No, it's actually called that. And they also No, it's actually Backbeard. Yeah, in Spider's Resource, beard. it says Buckbeard, like Buckbeak from Harry Potter. Yeah, and it, I mean, Buckbeard could be can be seen both ways, I guess. The official translation is Buckbeard. I'm just saying, like, 100%, that's not... My uncle at Nintendo says it's spelled this way. <laughs> my my, I, I did have a kid who... I, I didn't have a kid. Fuck, I knew a kid who claimed that he had an uncle that worked at Nintendo... And that was weird. He he said, and they okay, wouldn't let him come home. <laughs> he, yes, Nintendo's <laughs> got my uncle held hostage. <laughs> he claimed that he okay. So I was big into the Virtual Boy, which is very clear from my name, and the because I'm a Virtual Boy. And he said that he had the prototype for Goldeneye on the Virtual Boy, boy and it, he could use it to build maps. And he built a map of our school, and this was before. Columbine. So what didn't freak me out at the time? Afterwards it did. Anyway, um he was a big old liar. There's no there's no map builder in the Goldeneye prototype for Virtual Boy. Also no Goldeneye prototype. <laughs> Alright, so the backbeard Goldeneye was FYI. just born perfect. There is no prototype. <laughs> FYI, the backbeard is an American Yokai uh with a giant body formed from shadow and smog. Uh, oh. He can cause vertigo with a glance and is the leader of the Western Yokai. Ferngully. So it's that pretty, huh? It must be me. Yeah, Ferngully totally rips this game off. Tim Curry wishes he was as cool as Backbeard. Oh, God. That was that's Tim a, Curry. I mean, we all make jokes here, but at the end of the day, that's a bit of a stretch. Ferngully? Come on. Tone Loke was in that shit. How? How's. Fern Gully not in the vocabulary of every single snake person on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we should all be I watched Fern Gully about three hundred times. That shit freaked me out too. That's the that's the thing that, that made me like, oh my god, we're burning down the rainforest. Like it gave me my first existential crisis. Damn. Uh Fern Gully is actually based on the forests uh on the uh Washington rainforest. So it's very close to home for both me and Clint. Oh, it's a documentary. <laughs> I didn't know that. I that makes sense that when I went to the when we first moved here and we started going to these like temperate rainforests, I was like, "This feels so familiar." 
It was Fern Gully. Yeah, and now you know. Next time you go into a temperate rainforest, you're like, I'm in Fern Gully. Fuck. I wish Tone Loke was here. And Robin Williams. Are you going to just listen to that horrible song from the beginning of the movie when you go into the rainforest? Yeah, I'm not even just... I'm not going to listen to it personally. I'm going to bring a boombox and make everyone listen to it. Anyway, this is still relevant to Gedege no Kitaro because fairies are basically a uh, Western yokai. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, what else do we Bebe's have for kids. Baby's kids are yokai. And Tonlok was in Baby's kids. There we go. We knew it. I knew it. There's another Tonlok connection here. <laughs> um, what else do we have for mystery? Or should we move on to our next topic? I mean, we could just discuss what are, what are uh, uh, yokai specifically. Because, you know, maybe people don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, my understanding of yokai is that it's... Oh, fuck. Somebody else explain it because my brain isn't pulling up They're gremlins. Properly. I mean, gremlins could be a yokai, but generally, as I understand it, family. yokai are just <laughs> the overall hybrid of, like, ghost and goblin and fairy and stuff, which follows from... Uh, where yokai originate mythologically. Is are yokai like a Shinto thing? I'm not sure. Uh, in as much as uh, they're a folklore myth thing, I, they're very similar to fairies in Western Europe. Okay, so there you go. So they're 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 sort of mischievous and f sort of nature spirits in a lot of ways. So there you they go. come in a lot of different shapes. Uh, they have links to uh, ghost stories going all the way back to the beginning. Uh, some of them could be worshipped as gods, I'm sure. Okay, so there we go. Mystery solved. That's what a yokai is. <laughs> I say we move on. Let's move are on. Are yokai real? Are yokai are real, thank you. Just like Sasquatch is real. And... Squirtle's real and my friend. Sasquatch is my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> Squirtle Squatch. Sasquirtle. Hmm... Gross. Okay. Sasquirt. Sasquirt. Oh. Yuck. All right, let's move the on. Yucky Yeti. <laughs> We're going to move on to our next topic, which is, of course, the Salary Man Corner. And this time we played uh, Nishijin Pachinko. Why am I saying Pachinko? Uh <laughs> Nishijin Pachinko 3. Uh, by the way, we're going to be playing Nishijin Pachinko 2 in like six months, so just be ready for that. Um, I didn't play this. I fucking didn't play it. I was not prepared this week, so um, I'm going to take a break to go to the restroom. Why don't you all talk about this? I played that addition with the a Rubik's Cube? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm dumping screenshots of this game in the chat. Uh it's Pachinko, so it looks exactly like every single Pachinko machine you've ever seen. Except this one had a little screen in the center where you could look up a girl's skirt, which is really gross for a Super Nintendo game. I thought they didn't allow that shit. To be fair, or and not to be fair, but to be perfectly honest, I'm I'm guessing that nobody in Nintendo wanted to even touch a Pachinko game to find if there's anything bad in there. Because there is no gambling in Japan. Did, did you play Curry? I did play it. It was definitely a game where you just watched stuff happen. 
It's such a it's such a shame we don't have Sakarina right now. I mean, there's nothing to talk about. I figured out the controls uh, intuitively. I figured out how to change the visuals. Like in my screenshots, I turned off the backlight on the screen because I thought that was funny. And also, that's kind of the only cool thing about this game is you could turn off the backlight on your pachinko machine. Pachinko's awful. <laughs> it's it's not great. Like, okay, so Pachinko before... makes me want to play Euro Schmops. I love Pachinko. <laughs> uh, okay, so the, the the thing that came to mind for me when I was playing this, the one thought I ever had uh, was that Pachinko is probably one of those things that if you are going to appreciate it, you have to start with a real Pachinko machine, seeing how turning the dials causes the the balls to fire out at different speeds and see how they sound and look as they bounce across the pins and see all of the little physics and of it and like that probably will cause you to fall in love with it but seeing something like this this is something that purely exists as a un I'll have this until I can get to the next pachinko machine uh, have I not gone on about my uh, pachinko experience go on about your pachinko experience oh there's none it's just awful I went I, I remember like I the first time I went to one was like last year. I, it was like after I kind of went wild partying with wrestlers. I was a bit hungover. And I just ended up like, I took the wrong train. I ended up in Akihabara and I, I got off. It's like, there's a pachinko parlor here. I can go and sit in there. And it's the most miserable place on earth. It's loud as hell. It stinks. It, it just smells like you, you, you are just like in the world's giantest ashtray. And it's all these people just looking so miserable, just like they're playing the game, but they're not looking at it. They're just operating the dial and they either have a cigarette in the other hand or a mobile phone. And they're like playing, you know, some mobile game. They're like playing like, I don't know. Some, not even some mobile Pashi slot game or some mobile uh, Gashapon game, probably. Yeah, they're just and it was just like the most miserable experience. It was just clearly all these people just trying to numb themselves out. Just like it was like. I'd rather do heroin. <laughs> I, that reminds me of the one time I've been to a dive bar that had pull tabs, which is basically like tiny lottery tickets. And I watched a guy, he would get like a bowl of them and tear them all and maybe win like $3. He'd spend like 15 bucks and win like 3 and he just kept buying more. It was the most depressing thing just because I'm watching this guy waste his money and not feel any joy, seemingly. Uh, but it just... Uh, addiction and narrowed down to a single person just watching them sate their addiction. It was awful. And I, I was like, anytime I go to a bar that has pull tabs, I'm leaving immediately. I cannot support this. It's horrible. Um, so, in conclusion, loot boxes are bad. Please stop it, video game industry. Don't turn into the gambling industry. Yeah, please turn off the loot boxes. It's shit. It's exploitative. It plays on people's addictions. Uh, fuck you, loot boxes. And support our Patreon. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Get addicted to Super Nintendo podcasts instead of loot boxes. Yeah, because yeah. we will reward you, you know, depending on the tier you're on. So I do want to say, like, I think Curry might be right, because I think if you actually interacted with an old style pachinko machine, it might feel a bit different. Because I like, I remember, like, the first time I actually tried, like, video slots, it was just so unsatisfying. But, like, I remember playing real deal slot machines as a kid. 
and you know, there's real deal you know, one arms bandits. That's right, and it had it had a real it had a real you know feel to it. You know, this chunk 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 that was not there with the video thing. Like it was all the you know the kinetic joy or whatever. It was gone. So I could see that maybe being the same thing with a lot of the pachinko. Uh, one of my friends was talking about one time when they uh, went to Japan and they saw an arcade game that they didn't quite understand. It was a semi-physical arcade game where you would just shove quarters, uh, shove coins into a slot and the coins would spin around and lights would go off and uh, stuff would happen. And they thought it was a game of skill. Uh, and then they saw someone else playing it and they were just feeding uh, thousands of yen into this machine just to see uh, more lights go off faster. And that's uh, what Pachinko looks like to me. Well, I think that's a good end to our salary man corner, unless anybody else has something to add. That's me when I see you just hitting the credit button on an emulator. Oh, I do that. Oh, that's not even the same. No one gets hurt by hitting the credit button on an emulator. I get hurt. <laughs> if, if you are no one that matters gets hurt. Ouch! God damn! That was sick. I'm sorry, that was just a joke. <laughs> I I I think you matter, Curry Rice. Oh, that's a lie. But it's, <laughs> it's not a lie. <laughs> we all love each other on this podcast, even if we don't show it. We're like siblings. We're mean to each other to be nice to each other. Sometimes we're just mean to each other. All right. <laughs> let's move okay let's move on i didn't play this game sorry i'm sorry everyone for disappointing you um but let's move on to our next topic which is poetry Uh, this is a stretch for me personally i don't know what to write about this i mean the poetry is all in the like you know, the visuals and the, the displays and things like that. I didn't feel like there was anything particularly poetic about it, but what do other people have? Maybe you see more than I do. I am definitely still that person who finds the, as I mentioned before, the way that the levels are blocked off challenges that require you to just remember like, oh, this thing is for this or this thing is for that, even though they're mostly kind of the same you mostly just kind of save the lightning for the boss but um yeah i'm kind of losing my point here but i mean i just <laughs> i don't know there's something about the the process of moving through a game in like this part is easy this part is hard the rise and fall of that difficulty is always something that appeals to me in a in a quasi poetic way of a sort of little almost dance routine of going through a game once you understand it Right, like the sort of, you know, anticipation and release of a good song that sort of, like, brings you up and gets you back down. Like, The Ghost Train was a really good um, example of something, a, a part of this game that was a relief to play through. It wasn't, it was visually interesting, and then it was, it had a, a part that was really hard and then really easy, but good to look at and fun to sort of just take in. And it had a sort of rhythm to it. I feel like the rhythm in this game wasn't very well defined. Um, and it had, it was kind of random isn't the word, but inconsistent. But I can see what you're saying there. It's kind of random. I mean, I don't know the collision detection was. I got nothing to say about this game. 
The comics only, are interesting. It's only on the shoot 'em up stage where the collision detection especially made me angry. It's a fun because, get, fact. Oh, sorry, go on. You just get hit by things uh, uh, nowhere near you. It just drove me nuts. It doesn't have anything to do with the poetry. The real poetry of this is that it, it's made by people who do seem to genuinely love uh, because there are a lot of references to the comics in this game. Yeah, I said... Oh, go ahead. It, it just seems like, you know, they had maybe two months to work on it. It just feels like they definitely don't have enough, have enough time or money and they did put some effort. The effort definitely seems to have gone into the, the artwork, um, which is, again, very good, very big, very bold and very uh, loyal to the comics. Like, it didn't feel cheap. Um, but the rest of the game feels... Okay, that's, I think, maybe that's the heart of the Kusoge game, is a game that is working within its limitations. Like, the gameplay felt very limited, and, like, they didn't have enough time to build it, so they made it so it was somewhat generous, and they made it so you had interesting characters to play with, and that you could get through it with enough persistence, um, rather than, than balancing it, frankly. Um, they made it so that you could at least make your way through it and see the art um, eventually. Like you could, you know, ostensibly get to a point where you have lots and lots of special attacks and you just grind through it that way. And it takes you six hours instead of two, but you do end up doing it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything really poetic to say about this game. Oh, one thing, I, this might be a better subject for harm. I guess I can put it in poetry, but this is one of those games that really felt like uh, uh, a Famicom game with its visuals upgraded to look like it's on a Super Famicom rather than a game that's built with like a Super Famicom ethos in mind of, you know, uh, rigor fairly rigorous uh some would say uh stultified design and it's it's kind of funny because this game was released three years after the super nintendo came out so the chances of it actually being well it will oh i don't know i have to look up the famicom versus super famicom release dates but let's assume it's about three years that's a long time <laughs> you know and didn't really quite make it yeah, it just feels like the developers uh, were still operating in the mode of, oh, the Super Famicom, it's just like the system we're familiar with, except the graphics are bigger and shinier, and we can do more colors, and the music can have more notes in it. I mean, yeah. and a lot of the levels, there's just, at least I played, there's just, like, they're just flat platforms. There's no real, like, level design. It's just a strip. And... Uh, I had something to say about the Famicom thing, but now I forgot what it was. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, the flat strip thing definitely reads as an, as an NES or a Famicom game for sure. Yeah, because yeah, like, I was expecting this game to be like a Super Famicom game. I was expecting it to be like one of those awful sprawling platformers, you know, where where they make heavy use of, you know, horizontal space where you're going up and up and up like so many of those games do. And no, it's just it's just strip after strip, which is interesting it's refreshing at least i mean i expect bad games on the super nintendo to be long and boring and this one was kind of short and frustrating <laughs> it's just i think kind of a relief honestly unless you get stuck on an enemy that's actually an obstacle you can ignore in which case it is long and boring that's true <laughs> okay we're moving on
to our final topic, which is not always our final topic, but is our final topic. Harmony. Um, and Harmony, I would like to uh, try and do those bottom line reviews again, because that was, a, as far as I was concerned, a wild success last time. So what do we, what do we got for Harmony, though? Hukats Tenmadayo, the guitar game, is, as it was said in Fooly Cooly, sometimes eating bad ramen can be fun, too. That's good. I like that. <laughs> uh, let's see. I didn't write any of these down. I should have written some of these down. Fuck. I did no Kitaro is the third best did no Kitaro game to come out. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's an Earthbound reference, so. Gigi no Kitaro has been sucking Japanese gas for a millennia. That is also true. I mean, Gigi no Kitaro feels like a dream I would have about a video game where I get to restart all the time and still not make any progress. <laughs> And we're back in the poetry section. <laughs> I've literally had dreams like this, though, where I'll do the same thing over and over and then die and then be like, well, I'll just restart it. I remember one time I had a dream where I was running around being chased by someone in a garden, kind of like a like a maze, but not quite a maze. And I remember thinking, I hate it when Shinobi, the invincible ninja, chases me. I'm like, this fucking, my dreams suck. My dreams are stupid fucking things. <laughs> I mean, my fever dreams, my, my NyQuil dreams tend to be uh, clicking the X button to uh, close out of a computer window over and over for eight hours straight. Fever dreams are the best. <laughs> yeah, that's the word I would use. <laughs> oh, last night I had a dream that a select butt got like really huge butt implants and it really upset me. <laughs> I, I was very concerned for their health. There you go. That's, I mean, that guy has butt implants on his skull, so I think it's related. Gegege no Kutaro Fukats Tenmatai, oh God, is uh, an anime that hates you. This isn't as successful as last time. It's harder with this one because you have to say this whole long name. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> also, I, I don't think any of us took notes either. I didn't take notes either, so... Uh... I mean, I figured the, the point of the, uh, the bottom lines was to just make some shit up off the top of your head. Bottom line. This is a game not worth taking notes on. <laughs> yeah, there, there you, you go. go. The bottom line is read the comic. Yeah, that too. Well, all right, there we go. <laughs> uh, this game spent more time uh, drawing the sprite art for a man with a butt for a skull than trying to balance any of the stages. So there you go. All right, what else do we have for Harmony? Anything? Are we moving on? Bottom line, this game is a ghost train to hell. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, there's a lot of ghosts in it. That's nice. That ghost train had skeletons as passengers. That was wonderful. They were just sitting around drinking. I just loved that. Gegege no Kitaro is the dark souls of Doki Doki Panic of video games. <laughs> I don't get it, but I like it. <laughs> I don't get it either. 
it's uh gege no kitaro would probably be better with a translation but we don't have that option or maybe it's just better as a <laughs> what would they thing. translate this oh, wait, cutscenes. oh yeah sorry <laughs> i was just like not even paying attention during those i was just like i'm waiting for the platforming and the the that- Cutscene plot was genuinely charming, and if uh, you are curious about that, just watch the Dame Center CX episode. Bottom mm-hmm. line, don't play this game, just watch the Dame Center CX episode. It's better unless as... You, unless you are a person after my own heart, in which case you know you have to experience that Kusoge firsthand. But otherwise, if you're a normal person, yeah, just watch the episode. Play Atlantis no Nazu instead. <laughs> God, no! <laughs> That's just, definitely a better experience. It's it's a it's certainly a more interesting experience, but it's not a it's not for humans. <laughs> That's what makes it good. It, it was, is. Unfortunately, Gaidege no Kitaro is for humans and not for yokai. Gaidege no Kitaro is the hero we deserve. I just want to say that with the Game Center CX episode Gekage no Kitaro is better as a TV show twofold than it is as a game. So that's interesting. Because there's two TV shows. Because there's an anime. There's a lot more than two TV shows. Well then lots of times it's better than, than the game. But okay. Alright. I think I mean I don't know. I think that's it. This was a hard one to talk about honestly. I'm glad we pulled out uh, an hour and 50 minutes out of this. It's pretty interesting. There's at least like 45 minutes of us talking about Pokemon. Okay, well, that's fair. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the bonus category yet. What's the bonus category? Okay, so are you guys wanting me to start it now? I think yeah. so. Instead of at the start of the podcast? Anyway, I'm going on. <laughs> uh, okay, so so Yokai Watch is a thing, in case you haven't heard. And um, I don't know if anyone's aware that it got... Of, of its localization over here and how it is, but uh, they took a series that was very clearly just buried deep in Japanese folklore and culture, and they decided to try and Americanize it, despite the fact that the third game goes to America and discovers American yokai, which is really interesting in its own way. So the characters are all named like English names, uh, the town is called Springdale, which is fun for me because that's the town I was born in. Um, nice. It's just basically everything you ever hated growing up about four kids uh, localizations of anime. And so as a result, my question here is. Gegege no Kitaro is coming to America. Localize it as badly as you can or you're fired. How would you do this? I First, would... the title. Kit the Kid. K- kick the Kid? <laughs> Kit. Oh, Kit the Kid. Yeah. The worst possible, like, dub name I could think of. How about I... Grab by the Ghoulies? Oh, that's a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> I would that, call it... good. I would call it Kid Ghostbusters. Oh, shit. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely kid Ghostbusters. <laughs> the realer Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters Jr.? I think Ratman would definitely at least be called Ratman. That seems like it's just... 
That's a that's a given. Right, yeah, right. they can't possibly change his name. He, he'd sound like Poland. He'd sound like Rizzo. <laughs> oh my god, that's really good. That's really good. What would Kitaro be named? Steve? No, that's not a kid name. Johnny. Johnny Kit. Wait, kids can't be named Steve? No, you can't name a kid Steve. Are you kidding? Steve <laughs> is purely a ga- uh, name for uh, salary men. Yeah, exactly. Steve the salary man. Now I like I like Kit as the name. That's good. Kit A Row. <laughs> That's his name. Oh, but uh, just as a bit of history trivia, uh, the history of uh, yokai and popular culture in Japan is, is actually weird because it's this kind of odd blend of Western and uh, uh, Western and local influences because. Uh, Yokai were generally not well remembered or popular until Lefkadio Hearn, a Western expat, uh, uh, collected and collated and retold a bunch of Yokai stories in Kaidan. Oh, uh, I have that book, Kaidan, right? Yeah, that's that's how it was uh, rendered. Uh, a Western expat? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. An expat from the West, Lefkadio Hearn. That's crazy. Yeah. And then it got translated into Japanese in like 1908 or 1910 or something. And suddenly yokai were extremely popular again. And uh, this was an acknowledged influence on uh, the earliest forms of Gedege no Kitaro. See, there you go. There's, there's an interesting, I think, often ignored Japanese history of in- interacting with Western cultures and how those sort of played off each other. So even looking at yokai, which is sort of, they're sort of considered these very Japanese things, but yeah, a Westerner came in and sort but of... But actually, America it. invented everything. America invented yokai. No, no, Makario <laughs> wasn't American. I think he was, uh, he was Greek and Irish, I think. I can't remember. But it's interesting. Oh, and he also has one eye, just like Kitaro. Hey, there you go. But his other eye was all messed up, so there are only pictures of him in profile because he didn't want people to see his other eye. Oh, that's a bummer. That's history lost right there. At least wear an eye patch, my dude. <laughs> you look real cool with an eye patch, Lafcadio Hearn. Then he could be a, a wayfish anime girl. Hell yeah. Um, by the way, I just want to say that the the eyeball dad was uh, translated in two thousand two as Daddy Eyeball. So Daddy Eyeball is a good a good one. I would definitely call it that. That's absolutely I, what that would be. I mean, I, I was thinking the best name for him would be uh, Old Man Eyeball because his name is literally uh, Old Man Eyeball. See, I hmm. like Daddy Eyeball because it's it's just like too close to be good like it's 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 literal enough to be bad but also stupid sounding <laughs> which is good yeah like uh, four kids stuff definitely they they love to try and implement a certain western cartoon wackiness into these things despite the origin that they come from so like daddy eyeball has like a ring to it that would go along with some sort of tom and jerry thing Oh my god, Neko Musume, cat girl, was literally translated as cat chick. We already have a bad translation of this. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that that one is literally cat daughter. But cat chick. That's, that's yeah, like that's so bad. 90s. 
Uh, how would we, how would we translate uh, Sunakake Baba, sand throwing hag? I think. Uh, well, God, no, the sandwich. Sandy. Oh, Sandy. Grandma Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> Granny Sandy. The sandwich. My my, my mother in law. <laughs> Standma. Standma. <laughs> Fuck. These are. This is silly. The uh, episode title would definitely be the sandwich. There you go. Yeah, perfect. There's and the... we can't forget uh, Miss uh, Old Mister Butthead. Oh. <laughs> uh, what would be? What's another like Americanism for butt though? Because they wouldn't want to say butt, but maybe like, and, and this wouldn't work in in the UK. But maybe they might call him Fanny Face. Seamus the anus. <laughs> Seamus the anus. I like that. Uh, that. Eton Momen, which is Roll of Cotton, would definitely be translated prior to South Park as Towley or Towlo. It would definitely be a towel thing. Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye Fuck. Cotton Eye Joseph. Terry Cloth. <laughs> Terry Cloth really good. That is fantastic. Terry Cloth, I think, takes the cake. Then you've got the big uh, mattress, which is definitely a wall. I know it's a wall. Um, yeah, that that's literally a wall. Yeah, it's a wall with eyes and it blocks you. Um, Wally. Wall, his literal translation, or his translation in the 2002 Kodansha International Bilingual Comics Edition, which is where I've been getting all of this, his name is Wally Wall. That's, that's kind of cute. good. That's perfect. Yeah, so that I think honestly works really well, Wally Wall. And then because you always have to have that one that you're like, mm, I actually kind of like this better. All right, so there we go. I think. Oh, but how would we dra uh, translate Dracula into a uh, Western cartoon? Mr. Vamp. Mr. Vamp. That that just makes him sound like. Uh, it just makes him sound like uh, femme fatale, though. Mm. The oh, I don't can't know. have that. It's kids watching. Don't get horny, kids. <laughs> uh, Dean Drac. Oh, Dean Draco. <laughs> nope, this is bad. Do you realize how much like on-screen editing would be done of putting bathing suits on Ratman so no one has to look at his butthole? <laughs> putting bathing suits on Kitaro so no one has to look at his tiny baby Dingus. <laughs> dingus is really good, by the way. I just want to really... Dingus is a good word. You couldn't see that in the cartoon that we watched, could you? Yeah, you totally could. When he transforms back from a whale monster, you could totally see his dingus. Oh, I, I, I looked hard and I must have missed it. You can see Sorry, Katara, I'm not trying to shame your junk. Before it, before he was back to a baby, it was his wingus. His whale dingus. <laughs> I believe that's called a dork. Oh, shit, you got me. <laughs> that's true. That is the actual term. A whale penis is a dork. A dorka. A dorkable. <laughs> Oh my god. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now you can't get that image out of your head. We don't have to specify what the image is, but it's in your head. It's in your head. All right. Um I think we've got it. I think we've done it. We have talked about this game for exactly 2 hours now. Literally 2 hours as I said that. So that's nice. It'll probably I be less once I edit it out, you know, but I do have one small, one last little localization question, though. Uh, this, like, a lot of this takes place in hell or whatever they call it in the Japanese version. I know the the translations I was reading said hell. Uh, what would they call this in a four kids version? Home of? for infinite losers. 
Okay, you it got would, me there. It would be New Jersey. <laughs> uh, where is the lie? Home for if is that a reference? Home for Infinite Losers. It, yeah, oh, it, yeah. It was the it was the localization for Dragon Ball Z when Goku went to hell. It was they changed the shirt logos so it said H F I L instead of H E L L. That is so, so it was silly. Home for Infinite Losers, and it was a perfect play on it because it just works with the tone of the show and it worked with as like as a play on those words. Home for Infinite Losers is technically a way to describe hell. That's wonderful, actually. <laughs> it's really good localization. But where, where in uh, America would they set uh, this butchered version of Dedeno uh, Kitaro? Florida, probably. Because uh, he lives in a swamp shack, mm-hmm. and that's that's why Ratman's name is actually Florida Man. <laughs> oh yeah, Florida Man. There we go. Florida Man is real. Florida Man still talks exactly like Rizzo, but he can't shut up about gators. all the yokai are actually just gators that's what they're called now (laughs) look at that gator (laughs) like it's gotcha donkudo giant skeleton walk by look at that gator (laughs) a big skeleton jesus (laughs) they say on this that's a beauty what a beaut (laughs) now it's australia (laughs) (laughs) florida australia yes of course that's what i was talking about okay I think we've I think we've lost the plot here. So <laughs> I'm going to call it for this podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we love you. Uh, hey, everybody who's been on this podcast, where can people find you if they want to hear or read more of you? I'm Courier Rice. I have been your co-host, Courier Rice. You can find me on Twitter as Courier Rice. You can find me in probably all the corners of the earth as Courier Rice. I uh, am on the forums the selectbutton.net forums as Courier Rice, and I run the snexploration.tumblr.com microblog where people are not sending me enough uh, anons about the podcast, but I have gotten some, and it's nice. Um, feel free to send all your questions and hate mail and uh, strange, uh, inappropriate fan art there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. At Bachelorsoft. My website's bachelorsoft.com, which is home of DDD Natural Playboys, which is the greatest video game ever made. I post on the selectbutton.net forums. You'll have to figure out who I am. It's quite obvious because all my posts are very good and they all get so many blood potions and they're all very entertaining. And now they're all going to be about astrology because I'm getting into that shit. And I realized it's so good because it says I'm the best every day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's true. There's no denying that. And I am Tulpa. You can find me on the forums as Tulpa. You can find me on Twitter as Memorias Tulpa. And you can find me on another Select Button Dragon podcast, No Rangers Allowed, where I exasperate my players as the GM of a Dungeons and Dragons game for two hours every two weeks. And yeah, you should definitely be listening to No Rangers Allowed if you like D&D podcasts. It's currently my favorite podcast, and I have been name-checked on it at least twice, so that makes it the best podcast. Um I've been Virtual Clint. You can find me on Twitter at Virtual Clint. I'm on the select button forums as Virtual Clint. If you like this podcast, please spread the word. Uh, I didn't write any good 
ones down. So tell a random construction worker or tell that guy on the street who's uh, kicking your shins. Why is he kicking your shins? Because he wants to know about this podcast. Tell him about it. Um, anybody. We love it. We love when you spread the word. If you leave us a review on iTunes, I will read it on the podcast, even if it's really, really mean. And guess what? I have a review. We got a review. It's a five star. Yeah. And it's it's a real it's quote a really mean review by definitely not a cast member and I'll leave it up to you to guess who this cast member is who wrote this because it is a cast member. Um the podcast review reads This podcast is just average. Like if you added up all the podcasts and divided by podcast, you would pretty much get exactly this podcast. So that's the review. <laughs> They must be talking about the episodes I'm not on. <laughs> it's a five star, so it must be the average podcast. It must be fucking amazing. Like it's really good. So, um, so there you go. So leave us reviews. I've got a way of actually seeing them now. Before I was missing them, so I apologize. But now, if you leave a review, I'll get it. Unless you're Bachelor, you left a review and it didn't show up. I don't know why. That's weird. That's weird. Um, don't forget to check out the Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/snexploration. You can donate to us, give us money, and we will buy better microphones, I promise. Um, we have a website. You can find it at snes.zone, snes.zone. It has links to our Twitter feed, which is where you can vote for games, as well as the Tumblr that Courier runs. We've got short bios for everybody, social media links for everyone. So if you didn't catch it this time, you can just go there and click on it. Uh, some other weird crap on there. Uh, and as always, for more inane video game discussion, jump into the selectbutton.net forums. You'll find all of us there. Uh, the next podcast is going to be up on March 24th, 10 days after my birthday. Um, and next week, you don't get to vote. We're not picking a game from your votes, so I'm sorry. But we're actually running a contest where one lucky listener will get to dictate exactly what game we play. It's for our 20th anniversary. Uh, check out the Twitter for more details. So we're technically, we are taking people's votes, just in a different way. Just in a very different way. One person gets to vote, and it's the only vote that matters. It, so it's a raffle. I believe that's the word you're looking for. Yeah, that it's is the word. I'm the lottery, for. as in the short story, the lottery, where someone was picked and then got to uh, pick a topic for a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's that's exactly what that. In that story. And uh, yeah, so that that's it. So I guess until next time, it's not gun force. It's not gun force. It's not uh, Pat Labor. It's not Disney's The Haunted Mansion. It's not Scooby Doo. <laughs> it's not Yokai Watch. Or is it? I think it is Yokai Watch. Anyway. No, it's not. <laughs> and until next time, as always, it's not Chuck Rock. We did it. We recorded another podcast. Somehow. Somehow. We muddled through. But the future refused to change. Thanks to Schnabubula for allowing the use of his incredible song, Playing Super Mario World While Taking Mushrooms. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. Bye-bye.